Um, we're carrying on with our big topics theme. And our big topic today that we're looking at is handling our emotions, which is great when I'm feeling a bit nervous, isn't it? So I'm giving this to God. In fact, let's pray. Lord, I just give you all that I'm feeling right now and just ask that you'll help me to just put forward what you've put on my heart. I just ask that everybody's hearts will be open to hear what you want to say to them today, Lord, and that I won't get in the way of that in any way. Amen. So, handling our emotions. And we're focusing particularly on the emotion of anger today. So, grr, you might recognise this fella. This is anger from the film Inside Out, and we're going to hear a little bit more about him a bit later on. So, first of all, God created us in his image. And we see God's emotions revealed in the Bible. So therefore, God created us as emotional beings. We feel love, we feel joy, happiness, guilt, anger, disappointment, fear, sadness. We could go on, there's so many emotions that we feel, sometimes even on a daily basis. Sometimes our emotions are pleasant to feel and experience, and sometimes they're definitely not. But God gave us our emotions. We are made to be feeling creatures, designed that way by God. Just imagine if we didn't have feelings, if we just responded to everything in a logical way without any emotional motivation. We'd be a bit like Spock from Star Trek, wouldn't we? And sometimes our, emotion, our emotions are grounded in truth, and sometimes they're false. For example, if we falsely believe that God is not in control of the circumstances of our lives, we may experience the emotions of fear or despair or anger based on that false belief. Either way, emotions are powerful and they're real to the person feeling them. And emotions can also be a helpful indicator of what's actually going on in our hearts. I expect many of us have believed myths growing up. Things like, if you swallow chewing gum, it stays in your stomach for seven years. I always thought that one was true, yeah? Okay, thanks, we've got a, a yes and amen with that one. Um, or maybe that one, which I'm still not sure if it's true or not. If you go swimming within 30 minutes of eating, you'll get cramp and maybe die, maybe drown. Some people think it's true, some think, well, anyway. It's apparently a myth. Pete thinks it's a myth. So. <laughs> but it, it turns out that many of us have swallowed popular myths about our feelings as well. We've believed things like feelings are fickle. Feelings are unreliable. Don't trust your feelings. Okay? And not only have we been told these things by other Christians, but often our own experience seems to back them up. So we do have a lot of trouble with our feelings, don't we? We don't always know how to handle them. But none of these, say, truths about our feelings are actually true. Just as you won't carry around chewing gum in your stomach for seven years, so your emotions are not bad, they're not fickle, and they're not uncontrollable. We all experience emotional ups and downs, and we shouldn't base how strong our faith is on how we're feeling at the time, but we should definitely acknowledge our feelings and bring them before God. Can you imagine not feeling love or not feeling pleasure in someone else's company? Imagine if you couldn't feel butterflies when the person you love goes down on one knee, or not having a sense of relief when you get the news that your best friend has been given the all-clear by the doctor. Our feelings add pleasure, comfort, and richness to events and relationships. But what about those negative emotions? Wouldn't we prefer to do without them? Yes, but and no. <laughs> yes, because we don't want anyone to suffer or feel pain. But no, because they reflect a reality and help us to move into a better direction for our lives or helps us to rely on God more. Imagine if we lost a close friend and we didn't feel any grief. 
What if you hurt someone you loved but you didn't feel bad about it? Imagine not feeling disappointment when things don't go as expected. Without emotions, our lives would just be really bland and boring. Now, I consider myself quite an emotional person. Um, I've moved from, uh, I'm moved by things like watching X Factor when someone gets through and I'm like crying, you know, so happy. Or my worst one is crying at um, Supermarket Sweep. Do you remember that program? <laughs> they used to rush around the supermarket, collecting as many things as they could. But I was just, I was just so happy because they'd won and they, you know, it's just what they wanted and it just helped them get out of their poverty and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, that's as an adult. But as a child, I was even worse. My emotions used to just flip from one to the other. I was, I was pretty, um, yeah, difficult, I think. I could go from crying hysterically to laughing hysterically within seconds of each other. And it was quite confusing, probably, for the people around me, my parents. <laughs> and it was quite strange for myself as well, really. I used to find it hard to find, like, the right emotion. So someone would tell me something sad, I'd feel like laughing. I just didn't know why, because I just didn't know how to handle that emotion. I didn't know the right way to respond or... It was just confused. It, it was emotional immaturity, and it really did used to worry me that I'd do something, say, you know, just react in the wrong way, which, you know, wasn't good. I also had another situation when I was in the sixth form at A-level um, performing arts group. We went to watch a production, and it was a very intimate theatre, and it was in the round, and it was very serious. And I just felt awkward. And I started that thing, you know, when you, um, your shoulders start shaking a little bit, or your nose just goes makes that little noise and I was thinking no please just hold it in the actors are like right here in your face and you're thinking no this is really bad but the thing is as my shoulders went the person next to me their shoulders went and you know and you're holding it back and you can't you can't hold it in and it just pff, everyone and it had just dominoed it was awful <laughs> it was so bad and during the interval it was so bad that the actors came and spoke to our lecturers and said you know it's disruptive what are they doing and obviously you felt awful about this but to our surprise, the teachers actually stood up for us and said, it's how they're feeling. They feel awkward. This is the theatre piece. This is their natural reaction to what you're producing. It's what it is. And for some reason, I think the fact that we had sort of permission to be our genuine selves and feel what we were feeling, we were fine then. I didn't laugh after that. So, But yeah, awkward situation. You might have found yourself in something similar to that at some point in your life. I don't know. So as we said, God made us in his image, and he made us with emotions. And in Genesis 1, verse 31, it says, God looked at everything he created and said it was very good. And this included our emotions. So emotions in themselves are not a bad thing. They are good. They're a gift from God. They can act as warning signs in our lives, and they can move us into action. For example, if we see an unjust situation, you know, we see somebody treated badly by somebody else, this may stir up feelings in us. Probably some anger at what's going on, and also some compassion for the person that it's happening to some love. And this should move us, shouldn't it? God wants it to move us into doing something about it to help in that situation, help that person who's being treated like that. But as we grow up, and especially as we grow up in our relationship with God, our emotional health should be more mature too. In the Bible, we see every emotion possible. You know, Psalms is a really good place to look for that. The Bible has so much emotion, and we have the perfect example of uh, how to handle our emotions in Jesus Christ, don't we? I can't possibly go through every emotion in one morning. I'll <laughs> be here forever. Um, but I think it's helpful that we understand that Jesus felt many emotions, but he never sinned. He felt sad and cried when Lazarus died. He felt pain and anguish. He felt frustration, you know, when his disciples just still couldn't understand. He felt frustration, frustration there. Um, and he felt anger as well. 
Our emotions are also not meant to lead us into sin, but they are meant to move us. And as I said before, be a warning sign to us sometimes too. As Christians, we probably agree with the statement, don't be led by your emotions. And this is true and right. We shouldn't be led by our emotions into sin, but emotions are meant to move us. God gave us our emotions to move us toward him in love and obedience. Remember that our emotions are given by God. Emotions are not sinful, but can cause us to sin. Our emotions are a state, are our state of being at the time. When we consider our response to our emotions, instead of just reacting, they move us into something constructive, be that talking to God, prayer, or our, a closer just reliance on the Lord, being there in a situation. It might be that it can bring justice in a godly way. Yeah, It can move us into doing something about it in that way. Or maybe forgiving those who have hurt us. I think we can often fall into sin when we feel a negative emotion strongly. It might not be that we go out intentionally to hurt someone physically, you know, like Cain did in the Bible, which we'll read about a bit more later. But we might gossip about it. We might be jealous. We might be fearful. Or we might just have like a selfish ambition. When we're feeling a strong emotion, it's probably not a good idea to make a big decision. Okay, but just acknowledge how we're feeling without any attachment or judgment to that. Then we've when we've acknowledged that before God, we can then decide how best to respond. He wants to teach us how to live beyond that emotion and to live for him and not our own desires. Our emotions, like our minds and bodies, are influenced by the fall of mankind. You know that we have sin in this world. Okay, We're affected by that. So in other words, our emotions are affected uh, by our sinful nature, and that's why they need controlling. Okay, The Bible tells us we are to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians 5, 15 to 18, it says, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can help us control and do the right thing with those emotions. So if we recognize our emotions, bring them to God, we can then submit our hearts to him and allow him to do his work in our hearts and direct our actions. At times, this may mean that God comforts us. That's just what we need. You know, we're feeling sad, we're grieving, whatever it might be, we just need God's comfort. Okay, he might reassure us. He might remind us that we need not fear. At other times, he may prompt us to forgive or to ask for forgiveness. Like I said before, Psalms is such an excellent example of managing emotions and bringing our emotions to God. Many Psalms are filled with just real raw emotion, but the emotion is poured out to God in an attempt to seek his truth and righteousness. If we believe our emotions are given to us by God, we can turn to him in every single situation. God knows what we're going through, and he completely understands it all. Spend time with him, rant to him if you need to, or just spend time in his presence when you need some comfort. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, it says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can enjoy, endure. So our response to our emotions can be pure and good, can't they? For example, if you're upset by what someone's said or done to you, you may feel like hitting them or shouting at them, getting back at them somehow. But... <laughs> You know, God, that's not God's way, is it? 
Instead, we need to say to God, I feel so upset right now. This has happened, and this is what I feel like doing. You know, I just feel like hitting them in the face or whatever it might be. But I know that's not right, God. Help me to respond in a way that pleases you. So we shouldn't allow our emotions to manage us. For example, when we feel angry, we need to just stop. We need to identify that we're angry, examine our hearts, to determine why, and then proceed in a biblical manner. Out-of-control emotions tend not to produce the God-honoring results that we, we want. In James 1, verse 20, it says, Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Anyway, as I said, we can't go through every emotion, so we are going to focus on anger. And here's a short clip from the film Inside Out about anger. So it's the guy who, this is the guy who plays the part of anger, and he's just explaining a little bit about what anger is. So we've got a couple of different examples of anger in the Bible that I'm going to look at now. So there's a story of Cain and Abel, which a lot of people might know, but I'm going to just read through in Genesis 4. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You'll be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. That's the anger, isn't it? But you must subdue it and be its master. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. I'm like, let's go for a nice walk together. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You have made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, No, for I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So in that scripture, did you notice that bit where God said that sin was crouching at Cain's door, eager to control him? that he needed to be the master of his emotions in that moment, didn't he? He let that emotion get the better of him to the point where he murdered his own brother. Isn't that awful? In contrast, we have the story of Jesus and when he felt angry. So in John 2, 14 to 16, it says, In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle. This is Jesus. He saw them selling cattle, sheep and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. 
When Jesus cleared the temple of the money changers and animal sellers, he showed great emotion and anger. Jesus' emotion was described in John 2, verse 17, as zeal for God's house. His anger was pure and just because at its root was his concern for holiness and worship. Because these were at stake, Jesus took quick and decisive action. Another time when Jesus showed his anger was in the synagogue of Capernaum. When the, Pharise- when the Pharisees refused to answer Jesus' questions, it says to, uh, in Mark 3, verse 5, he looked around at them in anger, deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. Many times we think of anger as a selfish, destructive emotion that we shouldn't have. However, the fact that Jesus sometimes got angry indicates that anger itself, as an emotion, is acceptable and normal. In Ephesians 4, verse 26, though, it says, In your anger, do not sin, and not to let the sun go down on our anger. The command is not to avoid the anger, or suppress it, or ignore it, but to deal with it properly in a timely manner. And the good thing is we can really look at Jesus' life, we can look at how he responded to anger to help us to see what is right as well. So I'm just going to go through the different things here. So his anger had the proper motivation. In other words, he was angry for the right reasons. Jesus' anger was not over petty arguments or personal slights against him. There was no selfishness involved there. Secondly, his anger had the proper focus. He was not angry at God or at the weaknesses of others. His anger targeted the sinful behavior and true injustice in this world. Thirdly, his anger was not to do with hatred. In Mark 3, 5 says that his anger was not attended by grief over the Pharisees' lack of faith. Jesus' anger stemmed from love for the Pharisees and concern for their spiritual condition. Fourthly, his anger had the proper control. Jesus was never out of control, even in in his wrath. The temple leaders didn't like his cleansing of the temple in Luke 19, but he had done nothing sinful. He controlled his emotions, and his emotions did not control him. His anger did have, it had the proper duration. So he didn't just allow his anger to turn into bitterness. He didn't keep He didn't hold a grudge. He dealt with each situation properly, and he handled anger in good time. And lastly, his anger had the proper result. So Jesus' anger resulted in godly action. Jesus' anger, as with all his emotions, was held in check by the word of God. Jesus' response was always to accomplish God's will. When we get angry, too often we we have improper control or improper focus. It says in the Bible, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Jesus did not exhibit man's anger, but the righteous rage of God. I'm going to get Bella on our video here to show us some actions that we did in the kids' group. Made up, had these actions to help us with this verse. So we're going to have a look at that now. Everybody should be quick to listen. Everybody should be slow to speak. <laughs> Everybody should be slow to be angry. <laughs> That's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Give her a little clap. She's not here, but we'll clap her anyway. <laughs> so what practical things can we actually do to help us to not fall into sin when we're angry? I've put a few things here but I'm sure there's lots of other things as well can't cover everything in one morning but I just thought take some deep breaths (laughs) take time out if needed don't react 
that consider a good and godly response. It's different to respond than it is to react. Talk to God about it. Rant to him if you need to, you know, he knows anyway. But also be sure to listen, yeah, listen to God. I also find that sharing how you feel with another Christian that you know and trust really helps. I'm not talking about sharing it with people so that you can just get your point across and whatever else it might be if there's some issue with somebody or anything. But somebody maybe outside of the situation who can look at it objectively with you. Um, I've got a friend, one of the leaders of the church in Stoke-on-Trent, Sarah, who I speak to sometimes via messages and we occasionally Skype each other. And we've also, there's a few of us in the church who send messages and say, I've just been like this today, I don't know why. But can you just pray? You know, sometimes just sharing it just makes a massive difference. We can share our burdens, okay? And like, particularly with Sarah, because she's outside the situation, she doesn't just tell me what I want to hear. So it's just something recently where I said, I'm just upset, you know, and I know I'm overreacting, and, but I'm upset nonetheless. And um, I messaged Sarah to pray, and um, she did. And she encouraged me, but she also reminded me that I needed to keep focused on God and keep him in the center of all I do, including my response to this situation. But the Christian life isn't meant to be lived alone, okay? God's given us the gift of other believers who can share our burdens and whose burdens that we can share. Fellow believers can also remind us God's truth and offer a new perspective. When we're feeling discouraged or afraid, we can benefit from the encouragement and reassurance that other believers provide. Often, when we encourage others, we ourselves are encouraged. Likewise, when we are joyful, our joy also uh, usually increases when we share it too. It might be helpful as another thing as well is to write things down. Some people just like to, to write, just to get it off their chest. And it's a way just to release it to God, which can be helpful. And particularly like looking back on it as well, you can see where God's worked and how situations have worked through. Maybe not in the way you thought, but looking back on it is really helpful as well, or stuff you need to keep praying for as well. The next one, really, ask yourself why you're feeling like this. So examine ourselves. You know, why, why is it I'm reacting like this? Why is it I feel like this in this situation? And do I just need some time and space? Do I need someone else to help me? Yeah? We may need to make a decision about a situation that we find ourselves in. Or we may need... Uh, we may need to have a difficult conversation with someone. But we need to examine that and have a think. And also identify the triggers so we don't keep repeating the same behaviour, you know. I don't think I particularly, not anymore, have a problem controlling my anger. But I can feel that really down quite quickly, like especially with like certain music being played. That will just trigger me. I'm like, oh, I'm suddenly down. You know, I hate most of Coldplay songs. I know. Sorry, there might be some Coldplay fans out there. And there's a song called Seven Years Old by Lucas Graham. And I just, if I listen to that, oh my goodness, I can't think about anything. You know, everything I'm thinking about is just depressing and bad. And what's my life worth living for and all this? Um, it just leaves me feeling blur, you know? There's no other word for it but blur. So I avoid those musics. You know, I don't sit there wallowing, listening to those pieces of music. I choose to listen to worship music because I know that uplifts my soul or something more upbeat or whatever it might be at that time that I need, okay? That does the opposite and helps me. So, but please hear me out. I'm not saying that Coldplay are evil or anything like that. <laughs> some people love it. And I like some of the songs. So Paradise is a good one. Uh, a couple of others. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just want to make that clear for the tape. So, 
If our emotions are a good gift from God, we should embrace our design as feeling creatures. But sadly, some of us try to suppress our feelings. We push them down, yeah? We don't know how to handle our feelings or express them appropriately, so we just shove them into a corner of our lives. Maybe we grew up in a family where our emotions weren't allowed to be shown, or maybe we were made fun of because we cried too much in front of other people. Maybe we worry that emotion will hinder our career advancement or affect our image of control, you know? Whatever the reason, suppressing our emotions may seem like the best way to handle them, but they're not, are they? If we're not releasing our emotions to God, a bit like the balloon, we've got a balloon and we're blowing it up. This is our emotions going into here. Filling our lives, yeah? We should be giving them to God, releasing it so that we can yeah, have some more space left in there and then we might fill up again with more emotions, but we keep giving it to God. If we're not doing that, we're filling up. We can just take one more thing, can't it? One more situation. One more look that can... Ready? Ah! Burst. And we might just explode. Yeah? Emotional outburst. Here we come. Ugh. It's not nice. We might get ulcers or migraines. We might have... Anger, retaliation problems, yeah? Family feuds, broken friendships, because it's just so big all of a sudden, okay? Emotions are not bad. Stifling our emotions is bad. So God doesn't want us to live without feelings. He didn't create emotions so they can just be pushed aside. He didn't restore us back into a relationship with him just to leave the emotions out of the equation. The truth is, God gave us emotions as a good gift to be appreciated and used in every aspect of our lives. He wants us to glorify him with our feelings. In fact, we can't honour and obey him without them. Far from being bad and unreliable, feelings are actually central to our loving and serving God. Only when we believe that God has a useful purpose for our emotions can we begin to learn how to handle them. Only when we understand that our emotions are a good gift from our gracious God can we begin to see just how much they enrich our lives. Victory comes through knowing God God loves us. Nothing can separate us from his love. Remember, we're in that fallen world. Bad stuff happens around us all the time, but we need to learn to navigate through life, serving and obeying the Lord. When When we're secure in his love and turn to him in everything, then we will know his joy that gives us the strength we need. I think it's going to be really interesting. Next week, we've got um, Angela speaking to us on the topic of why is there suffering. And I think that hopefully will follow on quite well from from this week. There's so much more that could be said, (laughs) even just on the topic of anger, but emotions itself is is just a huge, huge area. But I'm just going to summarize what we've spoken about today. And then we're going to have a bit more time to just worship and reflect and ask the Holy Spirit to, to come and be with us. So in summary then, our emotions are good and given to us by God. Our emotions are good and given to us by God, but allowing them to control us is not godly, as usually leads us into sin. Denying or ignoring our emotions is also not godly. We should thank God for our ability to feel emotion. The way to manage our emotions is to grow in our walk with God. We're transformed through the renewal of our minds and the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who produces in us self-control. We need to know God's heart by getting to know him through reading or or listening to the Bible, um, looking at the life of Jesus particularly and how he handled his emotions. 
We should seek to know more of God and share more of our hearts with God through prayer. Christian friendship is another important part of our spiritual growth. We journey with fellow believers and help one another grow in faith as well as in emotional maturity. So hopefully it's given us all some things to think about. I know like preparing this over the last few weeks, it's given me lots to think about and you know, things come in and you're kind of like, okay, yeah, we have emotions every day. We're going to spend some time um, in the week when we have our small groups looking at some questions, which are just going to go up now. Um, but at the moment, I just want us, we've got some songs. There's a song that's absolutely lovely that's going to be played next. And you probably don't know it. So just listen to the words of the song or watch them. But just be open to, to give your emotions to God. Yeah, spending that time just asking the Holy Spirit to, to fill us and to be in control. Yeah, and help us. And just surrendering our emotions to him. Yeah, as a full being. We can't keep those emotions out of out of that with God, can we?